Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It has been said that no one wants to hear my opinion, and while it might be more true to say that there were some people who didn't like my opinion... There were, though, others who said that while they might not have agreed with my opinion, I always made them think, which was kind of the goal in the first place. But if there's an opinion that's universally unwanted, it's this one. Following the recent murder conviction in Minneapolis, one dubious celebrity took to Twitter to announce his approval, saying former police officer Derek Chauvin deserved to be found guilty. And if there's someone who knows anything about deserving to be found guilty, it's this dude, who is, of course, O.J. Simpson. (laughs) The man will not go away. He just walked. He will not go away. <laughs> I knew, Cliff, it was just a matter of time before this product made its way out into the uh, general public. What's that? The world's first marijuana-scented perfume is now amongst <laughs> us. Really? I knew this was going to I figured it would be a cologne first, but they went with the perfume. Yeah. Okay. It's called yeah. the Nelson I wonder where they came up with that, Aunt Cliff. I, I, I couldn't begin to tell you. Yes. <laughs> you see a big uh, hit here or not, Cliff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In certain certain segments of the population, it'll just fly right off the shelf. I think it will, too. We did said, of course, that people called early adopters or those who would be on the bleeding edge of state-of-the-art technology run the most risk. And this story proves that to be a true law of nature especially looked at through the lens from the Morning Roadshow Department of Just in Time for Breakfast! We take you now back to World War II and to a state-of-the-art German submarine called U-1206. While the German U-boats ruled the seas for several years during the start of the war, to say that life for the crew was difficult would be an understatement. Since the mission was to launch torpedoes and sink ships, little effort was paid at first by engineers on crew accommodations, like, say, how they went to the bathroom. Engineers decided they could save weight and space on board the submarines by discharging waste directly into the sea. So that's what they did. But they could only do that at the surface. With that limitation, you can imagine what the bathroom would look like during an extended period of time being submerged. And as the Allies got better at hunting subs, the subs were forced to spend far more time underwater, and that made the toilets even worse, leading engineers to design a deep-water, high-pressure toilet which was installed on the brand new U-1206. Operation of the toilet was fairly complicated as it directed human waste through a series of chambers into a pressurized airlock and then it was then blasted into the ocean with compressed air. Sort of like a poop torpedo. And it required a specifically trained operator. You go to the bathroom, you had to get this guy to flush it for you. Enter now the boat's captain, one 27-year-old Carl Schlitt. Eight days into the sub's maiden voyage, Schlitt decided he could figure out the toilet for himself. But somehow, a valve was turned in the wrong direction, and sewage and seawater began to flow backwards into the submarine. It should be noted at this point that engineers also decided to place the complicated toilet on the deck directly over the ship's batteries, and when the sewage and seawater hit the acid in the batteries, toxic chlorine gas began to fill the boat. That'll make a submarine surface real fast! And when the U-1206 broke the waves, it came to the surface right in the middle of a British patrol. (laughs) Crew members were ordered to abandon ship, 
the sub scuttled on its maiden voyage. So, U-1206 remains the only naval vessel in history to be sunk by someone taking a dump. How embarrassing would that be, Cliff, that every time you went to the uh, restroom, yeah. you had to go get the flusher to come, to, to come help you out? And what if he was busy or asleep or something? That guy never got to sleep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, 2 o'clock in the morning, hey, yeah, flusher, I need you. Get up. Flush the toilet. <laughs> I read this morning, Cliff, that uh, yeah. if you're allergic to cats, okay, it means you're also allergic to lions and tigers. Uh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. But I would think if you know, you're know you close enough to one of those to make you sneeze and break out, yeah, that's the least of your troubles right now. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got a point there. Yeah, yes. If, <laughs> Cliff? Yes? Have you ever twisted your bacon? <laughs> you ever done I can't that? say that I have. Well, that's the new thing. You're supposed to take your bacon and yeah. twist it into a corkscrew shape. Okay. And they say if you do that, it's the crispiest and the chewiest bacon you've ever had. I'm a little leery to be experimenting mm. around with bacon. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> you're, t- you're leery to experiment with bacon. Yes, I don't want to mess it up. Because it's like a prized possession that I, you know, acquire from time to time. Well, and it, and bacon's kind of expensive these days. It so is kind of sense. expensive, yeah. yes. But you're supposed to take the raw bacon, twist yeah. each slice into a corkscrew, okay. put it on a uh, baking sheet in your oven at 375 degrees for about 30 minutes or so. Okay. And they say that this is really, really the best way to eat bacon. Hmm. Interesting. I never heard of that until this morning. And you? Huh. Well, I've, I mean, I've heard of people cooking bacon in the oven. In fact, there are some people who would say that's an abomination to the bacon, uh, to cook it in the oven. But I've never heard of it being twisted in such a manner. Well, if you put it in the oven, you don't yeah. have to go through the workout of dodging the flying splatter. <laughs> no, it just goes all over the inside of your oven. Exactly. <laughs> you don't have to wear safety glasses and, a you know... A, lab coat to cook the stuff that doesn't sound like a bad idea but i don't know if i'm uh, adventurous enough maybe one of our wonderful 11 listeners (laughs) would experiment with the twisted bacon which would be a great name cliff (laughs) for a rock band (laughs) coming out on stage (laughs) well once again cliff our wonderful listeners have pulled through got a text message about twisted bacon Yeah. yeah this guy says he's been doing it for a long time and it works now the question okay. is, how much yeah. twisting do you have to do to your bacon to get this to work? <laughs> how tight a knot do you have to tie your bacon Exactly. In? Yes. How tight does that meat have to go? That's a good question. Yeah. You don't want to do it too much to where it's, you know, too chewy. I don't like a chewy right. bacon. Yes, because then your meat would be limp. Yes. I'm thinking like loosely twisted would be my yes. suggestion, Cliff. I, I agree. Are yes. you going to try this possibly this weekend? It's possible, but again, I'm I'm really not of the um, cooking bacon in the oven camp, so I might try it and then cook it on the skillet because I use a lower heat when I cook my bacon on the skillet, so I don't have to you know gear up for the splatter. Gear up for the splatter. Yeah, I mean you know, <laughs> I, I can I can I can do it without making a big mess. You know, we could just be smart, yeah, and get in the 21st century and just YouTube this, Cliff. And Why see exactly how much to twist it. <laughs> well, I mean, you can pretty well figure out how to do anything 
from a video from YouTube these days. Fixed my car that way a couple of times. See, I'm sure if you can fix a BMW off of YouTube, yeah. surely there's twisted bacon on there. Surely. You're absolutely right. I think so, too. Read the saying is, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And this story takes that to a new level. A group of three countries in Finland now preparing a satellite for launch by the end of the year with a small box of experiments scheduled to head to space aboard a, aboard a European Space Agency rocket by the end of the year. While on orbit, it will test new materials to see how they stand up to the harsh temperatures, vacuum, and radiation of the hostile environment of space. Well, actually, it's an old material, but new for space. Old for everything else, because the satellite is called WoodSat. And it's made entirely of plywood. The plywood will be specially coated birch covered in solar cells and looked over by a set of sensors and two cameras. One of the cameras on a deployable boom. So that means the wooden satellite has its own selfie stick. Mission planners, planners promise to take wood where no wood has gone before. That's kind of incredible they could actually do that. I would never Agreed. dream of wood in, wood in space. It's like never, a, never have, have having wood in space. You're right. It's like the name of a movie, isn't it, Cliff? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give this guy in California, Cliff, an A for creativity. Okay. He tried to pick up a rattlesnake. I'm going to give him an F for intelligence, but an A for creativity. Yeah. <laughs> he tried to pick up that rattlesnake with barbecue tongs. Which okay. you would think would be a little bit safer than grabbing with the hand, but still Perhaps. he got bit by it, Cliff. Oh, he did, huh? Yes. Now, yeah. this is a good reminder to anyone listening that's around a poisonous snake ever. Okay. Or any other animal that's dangerous. If you pick that animal up with any kind of cooking utensil, they're going to get a little worried about their future and what is in <laughs> store for them and fight back. <laughs> True. I would fight back if you tried to pick me up with a tong or silk, Cliff. <laughs> pick you up with a tong. Yes. Question was asked on text messaging, Cliff, right before the news, yeah. and so here's the mm -hmm. answer. Okay. What did you ever do with the flash drive that you found? <laughs> we talked about that yesterday, did we not? Yes, we did. I found it. You, you, you found a flash drive at a baseball park in Evansville, and you asked me, What's the worst thing that could be on it? And I told you. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> In no uncertain terms. And this the is the worst thing that could be found on a flash drive. And this isn't like in a secluded spot that I found it. It's on like a yeah. walkway path that everyone in Evansville uses. <laughs> so it doesn't necessarily mean, as the texting friend of ours said, it was probably just full of baseball pictures no no it no, could no. be anything because there it could are be anything people walking and riding bikes and jogging on this path all the time yeah and the answer to what happened to it cliff yeah i was too scared to insert it after talking to you cliff ingram <laughs> i thought this is not worth a chance too scared to insert would you not be scared knowing what you told me that's kind of the story of your life, isn't it? it well, Too scared to insert it. I'm telling but, you. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Yeah, I would like, no. After I give it some discussion about, you know, what it could possibly be, I'm like, uh-uh. No, 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 no. No way. threw it in the trash. Yes. And hopefully nobody choice. will find it. 
I wonder if scientists, Cliff, have like a column somewhere of things to do. And in one of those columns, it's like stupid stuff. (laughs) And I say that because scientists have spent the time, the energy, and the money to figure out how many bubbles are in a pint of beer. They've done the research on this. And it's it's approximately 1.5 million. In a pint of beer. I would think that maybe you could, you know, do something with disease and destruction, but they're (laughs) counting bubbles in a beer. If I had known back in high school, Cliff, that scientists, in quotation marks, do studies like this, I would have paid a lot more attention in chemistry class if I got to mess with beer all day long. That's right, yeah, see, but you didn't, because you didn't realize that what's obvious to you is probably not other things that you even think about. Like, I don't know, the science behind the manufacture of beer. I didn't realize at the time in high school that scientists have a column called the stupid list. (laughs) You were checking stuff off the stupid list left and right. Uh, yeah, and you I didn't w- do any of it in the name for science. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> Cliff, was there anything said today? <laughs> oh, there were a few things said. Let's start with morning roadshow phrase of the day number three. I'm leery to experiment with bacon. You're known for experimenting, so that comment kind of surprised me, actually. It surprises me, but bacon's dear to my heart, Cliff. <laughs> number two. Like a poop torpedo. That one kind of surprised me coming out of your mouth this morning. <laughs> really? Yeah, have you met have. me? Well, <laughs> not in a long time I haven't met you, no. Well, that's true, yes. People have been asking about that now, haven't Yes, they have. <laughs> and the number one morning roadshow phrase for today, I would never dream of having wood in space. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.